Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Please stop by our website, artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com as we just kicked off our seasonal subscription boxes and make sure to start your subscription day. Also, stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and beginagaintoys.com for our Percy King collaborative art kits. Remember to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. And if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Really excited about the podcast today as I get to speak with artist, track coach, and former University of South Carolina football player, Garrison Gist. Make sure to follow Garrison on Instagram at 2 G Z. A-N-D-C-O-U-N-T-I-N. And if you live in the Charlotte area, make sure to check out some of his incredible murals. Let's welcome Garrison Gist. Can you hear me now? Gotcha. Yeah. A little bit better visual. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. There we go. Let me, see. Let me get this thing <laughs> angled up. <right. laughs> how you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm good, man. I can't complain. It's a little rainy here, but... Uh, we actually got you know. snow up here today, which we... Ne- <laughs> Richmond hardly ever gets snow. We got a little bit of... I mean, it's... I'm from Ohio. It's not snow. It's just a little dusting, but... <laughs> You know, got you, got you. Let me see. I'm gonna throw these bad boys in and see if uh, it's pretty good in here. Like we got pretty good acoustics and everything. But I know usually when um, I do like the virtual yep podcast interviews like this, they say the headphones kind of helps a little bit better. Cool. On the recording and stuff. Can you still hear me? Clear yep. and everything. Can hear your video. Right, cool, video cool. kind of like. Oh, there we go. It's back. Oh yeah, my video went away because I plugged the headphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we should be good now. Yeah. Well, dude, thank I like um I already started recording, so um thanks okay, for doing cool. this, man. Like uh like I like Percy's hooked us up with a couple couple people to talk to, um, mm-hmm. and it's always a blast. And for me, like you know, I I'm trying to remember if I've actually come across your work before because it looks familiar to me, and like looking at your story, so mm-hmm. it's cool to actually catch I think up. We did actually last year. I was telling Percy so. I can't remember. It might have been Ricky Singh or somebody reached out to me and a few other Charlotte artists about, uh, I think it was like a show you guys were doing in L.A. last year for the Super Bowl or yep, something like yep, that. Yep. Because when I was going through my email and I saw it popped up, and it was like <laughs> me, Michaela Benter and stuff yep. like that. So I was like, we did actually cross paths uh, last year, but I don't I think when they reached out to me, I got the email a little last minute. We were working on some shows or something like that. So I wasn't yeah, able to yeah, do yeah. it. But yeah, we definitely crossed paths. Now, dude, Charlotte is popping, man. Like, I, you know, yeah, Percy's man. down there now. Uh, Michaela, uh, KJ, uh, do you know KJ Brent at all? Oh, yeah. KJ is my guy. I'm uh, KJ is the best. He came to the dude. studio. He, uh, he shot some uh, footage of some back, some uh, just behind the scenes footage of me working on um, a couple projects here in the studio for something he's doing right now. Yeah. So me and KJ have been locked in for a while. And then, you know, we played together at USC. So that's my guy. That's why I couldn't, I, I was trying to figure out if you guys overlapped or not. So yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. I love the we were there, uh, We were there the same, uh, the same four years. And then, yeah. you know, he transferred to and went to Wake, Wake Forest, Forest the last yeah. year, but yeah, we yeah, were there yeah. the whole time. Well, dude, no, like it's, I thank you for doing this. Like I, like, in long-term stuff, I look forward to doing stuff in the future where we can get some of those works and do, cause we do pop-up shows and exhibitions, mm. you know, probably like twice a year at this point. Um, we just did one at Ohio state at the beginning of the year we have, or no, sorry. We did one last year in Phoenix, then in, in um, fall at Ohio state. Now we have back in Phoenix during the super, Bowl. we have a, an actual longer form exhibition and a pop-up. Um, nice. So and we're actually heading out there next week to do some events and I was stuff. Like, probably soon yeah i would assume yeah yep. that's pretty dope so no dude so it's like like it's 
again, it's like, for me, it's like really cool to like kind of dive in to, uh, you know, like do research on people that I'm having mm-hmm. on. Like for me, it's like you played football at USC at yeah. South Carolina, but your pops played at Citadel, right? Is yeah. Yeah. Correct? My dad played at the uh, Citadel back yeah. in the day. And so it's like, it's cool to like see those relationships. Is he creative or is anybody in your family creative? So it's, it's funny. Um, and just like, even how you're talking about that full circle moment, my dad actually played at the Citadel with coach Everett Sands, who was my running backs coach at USC. So when I, when I got on the team, it was like a whole full circle moment. Um, but it's funny. I get that question a lot. People ask me all the time, like, is, was my dad a creative or is my mom a creative? Because neither one of them did anything as far as like art or anything goes. But then you have me and my little brother. And then one of my sisters, um, we have different moms, but same dad. All three of us are like these crazy artists. Like my little <laughs> brother's in school. He's in school right now for graphic design. He's he's probably going to end up going more the comic book route and just that lane because that's kind of always been his kind of thing. I do the pop art and the murals and all that different stuff. And then my little sister, she's a painter, but then she does these really cool wood cutout things. And just, so we, we always try to figure out where it comes from, but we <laughs> don't know. As far as like parents go, neither one of them could do anything. I have an aunt and an um, uncle that can draw really well. But yeah, as far as my parents, it, it came out of nowhere. I'm sure people look at, <laughs> look at us like, what, how did this happen? No, but it's, a, it's also like you talked about school right there and you I, I was trying to figure out how many degrees do you have because i see so, there's a b i see <laughs> no I, see, I saw that you have a it says you have a bfa a, a fine arts mm-hmm. degree an art education mm-hmm. degree then i saw something else that said you had an art history degree is that correct so <laughs> i have a bfa in art studio okay i start so i started out as graphic design and um at usc we have like a, a upper like level graphic design school that you have to, after your sophomore year, you finish the prerequisites you uh, apply to get into. But that was the same year I started playing football. So I didn't get into the graphic design school, but it was like a blessing because the graphic design schedule and the football schedule was clashing. Like the way the class times were at the same time as like practice and stuff. So I switched to art studio and got my BFA in art studio. And then I had a cognitive, it's not a full, degree but it's like uh it's like basically just it's almost like a minor yep um in art education so i was doing coursework with a couple of the local schools in columbia and then one of the schools like right there near campus with uh younger kids and then i don't have an art history degree but it turned out when i graduated when we went back and looked at it i had enough credits for art history minor because i had taken so many classes but my uh advisor never she never said anything like she should have just told me like, hey, you should just go ahead and declare this as a minor because you're taking all these classes because I actually enjoy art history. So we had our prerequisites that we had to take. And then I found a really good professor and I was just like, if he's teaching it, I'm taking it. So all of my last like sophomore, junior, uh, senior, and even that last year I came back and played, I took some um, undeclared grad classes with him so that if I ever decide to go back and get my master's, I'll have a. Uh, a few credits that'll go towards that for art history. Cause I always said, if I go back to school, it'll be for art history. So yep. I basically have an art history minor. I just don't have the paperwork that says, Hey, <laughs> you minored you, in art history. I know what yeah. you mean. I, I, I've actually been an advisor before. It gets, it gets to be like, so completely crazy, but you see, like, and I get it. Cause you've got 50 million yep. students that you have to advise. So like yep. this one student, like, and it was like, for her, she didn't think anything of it because it's like, I was passing all my classes. I was I think my senior year I had a 4.0. So she's just looking at like, okay, you're good to graduate. We're not thinking about, oh, you should declare this as a minor. So yep. no, um, but you're but, doing, you did something that I think is like really difficult. And actually, I don't know if Percy told you, like I teach up at Virginia Commonwealth university. Oh, nice. I was just up there uh, in July. Oh shit. That was well, my dude, first time in Richmond. If yeah. You, if you ever I, come I, back, Richmond is beautiful. Yep. Hit me up. If you ever come back, man, I'll take you out. Got a couple buddies that own oh, yeah, restaurants sure. and stuff, but no, you like, I started, um, because I was a student athlete and I know how difficult mm-hmm. it is like, you know, cause that's, it's a job, you know, to be yeah. an athlete. Like, and I always say all of us are creative beings. Like we just are, most people stop, but it's, we all, mm-hmm. we, we know that like, this is actually good for our health. It's good for our mental health. It just, you know, and so I actually kind of in like relation of what we're doing at the abstract athlete, I started mm-hmm. a program at VCU called art and athletics. So I work nice. with a, a ton of like student athletes come in the class 
and just like get to just explore things, you know, and do different things. And, and also there's artists in the class. So it's like this really mm-hmm. cool space where, you know, I'm air quoting, like where the artists are not supposed to be with the athletes, you know, you know, cause like, did you yeah. ever feel like an oddball? Like as I always felt like an oddball out when I, you know, cause I was always Man. creative and like I was an athlete and it's like. For, for sure. And honestly, I would say I felt, I didn't feel more of like an oddball until more so college. Cause like, in high school, I never took any formal art classes or anything like that. I was just always able to draw. It was just something I did. It was like I had a teacher who saw it in me and she was like, oh, you need to stick with the art classes. But I was coming out of chorus and I was just like, chorus, I did that in middle school and I all the extra hours. I, was like, yeah, I don't really care to be doing anything extra other than playing football. So it was like people knew I could draw in high school. Like I would draw in class and stuff like that. So it was like people knew, oh, Garrison, he draws and he plays football. When I got to college, it was kind of like, like I said, I was an eyeball because I'm in these art classes all of a sudden and all these kids, they've been to governor school or they've had this fancy art school. And then you you take that element the next year when I started playing football. So now it's like I'm coming in to an 8 a.m. art class fresh off of workouts <laughs> and they're like, oh, who's this football dude? He's just in here just to, yep. oh, this is a BS course for him. It's like, nah, this is my major and yep. I'm about to show you how good I really am at this. So it was like kind of making that that adjustment where people don't they see this muscular football dude they don't expect you to be able to turn around and create these beautiful pieces of artwork and you know just kind of battling that throughout college and even towards the back end of college when I started you know interning in different gallery spaces and the style of art that I like to make and it not being the traditional gallery or museum style art like I had a lady tell me like oh those aren't those aren't paintings those you're you're just doing illustrations and I was just like all okay. right, cool. I wish I really, I, yep. I need to find her. It's funny that we're talking. I need to find her because like, <laughs> if she could see what I'm doing in 2023, she would eat, she would eat those words. So crazy right now. But you know, well, it's, 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 just, it's, just it's been, that uh, stereotype too, man. There's just like, again, big dude comes in the room like, well, that's not yeah. an artist. And you know, cause I, I always use, I, you, you're too young to probably remember Tony Mandrich. Maybe you remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, big six foot five, offensive lineman from the past. It was on the cover yeah. of sports illustrated and he makes these beautiful photographs. And it's like, when you walk into a room with him, like they just look dumb jock, you know, that stereotype that we yeah, always get. That's exactly what they think. Yep. And then like, you see these, like I'm looking at your artwork behind you and it's like, it's stunning. And like, look, when I was looking yeah, at see, the- somebody, well, all of these are mine. This is, I'm in the studio. So some of these are, uh, some of my like studio mates. Uh, that's one of the owners, damn it. Wesley yep. behind me. I have Jamia Marlowe with the charcoal. A couple of my pieces are in here. Um, I got my art mom. She's actually in here with me. Some of her pieces are up on the nice. wall. We got stuff all over the place. So <laughs> No, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, even it's... just like looking at your stuff on your Instagram page and your, like, there's this one mural that you did uh, that has like the eyes popping out. It's like a, like that's a, my favorite one. Oh, dude, I, it's just, it's stunning, man. Like it just pops and it's just, you know, it just, it it's one of those things that I think. The cool part is like, you know, it's small when you're looking out on the screen, but it's like one mm. of those things because you can see a I think one of the images has a person standing in front of it. Like you just yeah. I, I'm I was, I'm assuming you just get absorbed by that. Oh man, it was it was it was pretty uh talking walls. The one I did twenty it was about twenty by twenty, right? Sixteen by twenty or something. It looks that pretty wall in the garage. Feet wise, yeah. I think it was about twenty by thirty. It was yeah, so it was it was somewhere it, one of the dimensions was about twenty feet. And it's unfortunate they actually covered that one up and put a Mazda ad there. It's like it's like they saw the traffic that it got once we once we put the mural up, and then they told us they shot us an email. They were like, "Yeah, we're gonna um because they were the contract with the the festival. They were supposed to leave it up for a year, but then they shot us an email uh, last April and we're like, "Hey, we're gonna have to cover it up. We're doing some uh building enhancements. So we're thinking, oh, it's in a garage. Maybe they're doing some construction or something like that. We get it. I come back." A, a couple months later and a friend of mine was like hey where's your mural and i was like oh yeah you know they had to cover it up and then a week later somebody sent me a picture and there's a mazda ad where oh. it was. i'm like that's i'm like that's the building in hand. And, it's like, Come and it and it, it it sucks because i will say that was definitely one of my favorite murals because that was one of the first ones where it wasn't like i was just taking an image i found online and spray painting i actually sat down and designed that one yep. and then um a lot of people to this day since it's gone people like that friends of mine that don't live here that come into town and they ask me hey where's that one you did with the eyes and i have to tell like it's not there anymore so do you um, i mean but you do you also do like like uh swag too don't you 
I mean, you've done some stuff um, on on like shirts and stuff. Did I see? Some, I thought I saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, is that is yeah, that an image you've used like on merch or like on? Because that to me is like something that like that could be a t shirt. Like that that has yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of power to resonate beyond its. It does. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. I haven't used any of the pop art designs on uh, any of the merch. It's definitely something I I I've, I'll probably explore in the future. But um, most of that stuff is usually is is usually on canvas or uh, murals that I've done it on. But it's definitely something, especially with some of the pieces I've been doing lately. Um, they definitely have that crossover crossover ability to be on canvas, on a mural, on merch, or whatever the case may be. So it's definitely something I'm going to look into in the future. What like curiosity? I mean, it's always a weird question to me. It's like, do you? I don't want to say, do you like, but do you like mm-hmm. doing murals more than, than like stuff on canvas or do you have like a preference? Cause to me, like there, it's an interesting thing. Like I'm a painter as well. And mm. I, you know, I predominantly shown galleries or, you know, I've had stuff in museums and different stuff like that where it's, it's almost like people don't get to see it where when you do a mural, like it's, it's almost more for the people, like for lack of a better way to say, it. you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, do, I mean, do you have a preference or do you even think about that or you just do what you do? So I guess when people ask me about that, like the preference between canvas versus murals, I say they're, they're neck and neck because I like both of them for different reasons. I like canvases from the aspect that like I could put it in the gallery, put it in the museum. People can buy it. They can have it in their home. And it's like, they have a piece of, me with them but i love doing murals just for the reason you said where it's like people people can go and be immersed in it like it's just like um i love working big for stage just going i I will say doing murals has influenced my canvas paintings because now it's just like i rarely work small anymore and if i'm working small it's just because i have this one random canvas all right let's get something on there but something about the murals just like it's, it's so grandiose because I remember being in New York in like 2017, 2018, and they were doing some murals uh, right, not a few blocks from where uh, the World Trade Center used to be. And I remember there's a picture, a buddy of mine shot of me standing there watching that paint light. And in my head, I'm just like, how the hell are they doing this? <laughs> so two years later, fast forward, and I'm doing murals and I'm just like, I understand it now. And it's just so cool because people can come out, especially like if you're somewhere out public, people come up and talk to you and interact with you while you're painting. So then they have that story that they can go tell and it almost makes them feel a part of it. And then obviously there's the aspect of you finish it and people come take pictures with it. And just that whole community aspect of it and just public displays of art. You can't, you can't beat it. Like when it's done right, it looks beautiful. So I love them both for their separate individual reasons. But if I, if I had to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably leaning towards more murals because it's, it's just the excitement of you, you get out there with the cans, you're up on the lift yep. and then, you know, you start doing bigger buildings and stuff like that. Just the challenge of it all. Um, well, it's when makes it's it interesting a little more fun. To, I, I was actually just talking to uh, my art class the other day. I have a, another, you know, another class that's just straight art majors. And I asked mm-hmm. them, and I've asked this question before is like, are galleries and museums scary to you? You know? And, and I think a lot of people like, kind of have that resistance to that space Not, resistance yeah. may be the wrong word but it's like it's kind of overwhelming where again like there's a hesitance yeah there's a hesitance for a lot of artists for sure it's weird to me like i understand it but it's also weird it's like mm. it should be like super accepting but there is mm. there's unfortunately there's like this elitist attitude in those spaces sometimes exactly there's a stigma there's a stigma and like that's a, that's a great question like I'm going to ask someone like my artist friends, like, cause I, I work with, I'm only, I'm only 29, but there's like a handful of younger artists that we work with here and that I talk to and try to, you know, just get them to broaden their horizons and try to give them blueprints to kind of escape what we've been told art has to be and how we have to go about it. And I feel like for a lot of artists, gallery and museum, gallery and museum spaces are intimidating because of what we saw it as growing up. Like you said, there are these elitist spaces that, are hard to get into when you have to know somebody and all of that that different stuff so it's kind of cool like with the renaissance we have going on here in charlotte with the new rising curators like carla lopez and some of the other people in the city they're opening these spaces up for younger artists of color and different stuff that who 
typically wouldn't have chances to get into these spaces, they're getting to see like, okay, the style of work that I do can live here, can exist here and be accepted here. And it doesn't have to be what we've always thought it was, where it's like, oh, gallery, museum, oh, my work isn't good enough. And it's just, that's not the case. It's, um, it's beautiful to see a lot of these spaces starting to, you know, kind of warm up to the new styles of art that aren't the traditional, oh, the, the classic Picassos or whatever the case may be. And embrace because art is shifting. Yes, it's nice to acknowledge those artists of the past and the dope things that they did, but those guys are gone. Like, no disrespect to them. They're going, there's a whole new wave of artists on the come up that that deserve to be in those spaces and have their work shown. And, and I feel like as art continues to progress and just the way people look at street art or whatever the case may be, um, we'll start to see a lot more artists not be so intimidated by those spaces. It's also, it's just that evolution. And like, that's what I think, like, again, when I asked that question about murals and like that, mm. the work you do on canvas, because it's a bridge between that too. It's like, a, oh, sure. it allows people to like exist in both those spaces and like, and having you show work in a gallery when they can go see your work on a mural, but then understand it's mm-hmm. like, Oh well, shit, he does this as well. Like it, it breaks down, you know, like lack of a better way to say it, it breaks down those walls to like go yeah. into those spaces. And you know, it's like, I, and I think that's, what's, what's so cool. Like, you know, Michaela to me is like a perfect example of somebody knocking yeah. down those walls and Percy's like a person, you know, like that's because again, it's like, there's these stereotypes of, you know, we're athletes, we're not mm. supposed to do this. So we're not allowed in that, in that space where, you know, yeah. that elitist space of like, well, if you don't know who Picasso is or whatever, and you don't, you yeah, know, it's whatever like, the case. come on, you know, it's like, it's like, we're, we're past that. Like, let's, let's go. Like, let's. Exactly. It's, it's I feel like a lot of these spaces are missing out on so much dope art because they're stuck in such a traditional mindset of, Oh, well, we need to show the Picasso. We need to show the whoever this artist is. It's like you've had exhibits based around this artist 50 million times. Mm-hmm. It's like the art is amazing. We all acknowledge that. But again, there's a whole new wave of artists that are coming up who are doing beautiful work, who are doing great work, who deserve to be seen. Yep. So why not shine a light on that as well? Yep. Like you can do both. That's the thing. I feel like that's what a lot of spaces are scared to acknowledge. You can do both. You can do the classic stuff while uplifting the new stuff and it all can coexist. You can mix them it's- together. Like that's the thing. Like, wouldn't it be cool as shit to see your work next to a, like, you know, classic. I mean, like, cause to, to me, there's that dialogue there. There's mm-hmm. that, there's that questioning of like, it, it doesn't have to be like this linear line or whatever, but it's like, it's yeah. cool to like, look at work. Like, you know, I think like Percy, I think, and I talked about that idea of like, his work next to like a Hinda Wiley, like somebody in Richmond had bought his work and just like, mm. there, there's like not a literal dialogue, but just that, that looking at his work and that work and talking about how it exists in, in an art historical context or not. Yeah. It's cool as shit. I mean, even on a lower level, I have a client here in Charlotte where he brought me in. I did uh, a mural in his, it's like this weird. So they have an upstairs and there's bedrooms up there, but there's like a common area that before you go into the bedrooms, that's right there. He had me do a mural on the wall in the common area. And it's like, he's from New York, uh, old Air Force uh, veteran. He has an original Keith Haring uh, print in his living room. And it's like, that's crazy. Me, Keith Haring is one of my biggest influences. I love his work when it comes to pop art and stuff like that. So it's like you have this mural that I created <laughs> in this guy's common room. You walk downstairs and there's a key hearing right there. Why can't you do that in a, a gallery or a museum? Like, it can coexist. Come train with us. Creative and athletic training in a box filled with art and sports products, tips and techniques, recipes and collectibles that promote mental and physical wellness the seasonal artist athlete box is the next step to a healthier you stop by artistathletebox.com or the abstractathlete.com and subscribe today the abstract athlete where art and sports collide i was just telling this story the other day i this Back when I lived in Columbus, somebody had bought one of my works and they invited me mm. to their house. 
and I went over to their house and here's my painting and right next to it is a it was a it was a Picasso and it was to me mm. it was just like you know it was kind of like surreal like it is because it's like these are the things you look in art historic art history books and like and my yeah. work's next to it but at the same time it's like why shouldn't that be like that? Why shouldn't your work be next to a Keith Haring? Like exactly. that's it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be that big of a shock. It's 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 definitely interesting. Like when when certain clients buy my work and I'm able to actually go to their houses and either deliver it or see how they set it up, and it's just like wow. Like some of the some of the, the houses that my work lives in is like I never would have thought years ago. Like wow, I I'd have multiple pieces in multi-million dollar houses or something like that. It's, it's crazy to think about, but it's just like, that's the power of art. It, it's, it's got me into some doors that I personally never would have expected and doors that a lot of people probably wouldn't have expected to see when, see someone who looks like me in. But again, but that's art what I, doesn't... Again, man, that's what I love is like that you're inspiring. I mean, you're still young, you, but you're inspiring like a next generation to prove this thing that we always talk about that Yes, I can be a high-level athlete. Yes, I can be a high-level mm-hmm. creative. It doesn't mean that I have to be professional, whatever that means, in either one of them. But I can do both of those things, and and like inspire and like change culture. Like it's literally what we're doing, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, like I still like I coach track now. So I was just gonna. Into, I was uh, just gonna get into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming into year seven. It's it's crazy to think of. It's like I'm almost ten years in, and I'm not even thirty yet. Uh. And I talk to my kids all the time and I, t- I coached football for one year and it was cool. It's just like after playing football for 17 years, it's just like, it's, it's nice to just be able to just sit back and just watch it as a fan and not have to be so immersed in it. But like I tell my kids and I get a lot of football kids that run track and I tell them it's like sports are cool and you can be, like you said, a high level athlete, but don't box yourself in. Like it doesn't even necessarily have to be art. Like, I know a lot of kids who are in art, so, you know, they come and they ask me questions about, well, how'd you do this? And and I tell them, but it's just like, you can be, and, and that's the sucky part about being an athlete. They, for years, we've always been taught that you just got to be, if you're going to be athletes, you just got to be this and focus on just your sport and your craft or whatever the case. And while that is somewhat true, if you want to be great at what sports you play, it hinders a lot of athletes because we see we get guys graduate college or they 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 finish and they think they're going to go to the league and that falls through. And then a lot of these guys fall into mental health issues because for so long, all they've been taught was football. Oh, basketball. Oh, whatever sport they play in is. Um, they don't have anything else to fall. They, that's their identity. And they're lost because they never they were never taught to explore any of their other interests. Somebody this this kid, he might have six, five, 300 pound D lineman or something amazing D lineman he probably loves photography but because they told him hey nah you just need to focus on football he never explored that so now he has to go through this this bridge period when he's done playing football of trying to find himself rediscover what he wants to do when the whole time while he was playing football he could have been studying photography or looking into that so that when it is over it's like well all right this didn't work I'm over here I still have another passion it doesn't have to just be one thing yeah, no, I that that's literally the reason why I started this class because I I you you said something I like that triggered that that thing because I think a lot of people think that creativity is just painting or drawing and that's it mm-hmm. and it's like no like podcasting is being creative photography like like th- there's infinite things you can do creatively and the thing is it again it doesn't have to be your profession but exactly. if you have a creative sensibility or or like you know the critical thinking like you know creativity promotes critical thinking anytime you go out to a job interview those people love the idea that you have that creative sense about because like you're you shift and you respond and you do things differently than most people and that's so important like in any space in the world Mm -hmm. it's It's like it it definitely it definitely uh allows you to attack problem solving from a different perspective just because of so much of art is figuring out like you have an idea of an end result but executing how what do i need to do to execute that end goal that i have and there's no one way to do that what you did for this painting might not work for this painting so how do i 
problem solve and attack this in a way that it gets me to where I'm trying to go. Um, um, but there was something I was grabbing some water, my mouth yeah. was getting dry. But uh, uh, there was one, there was something you said too a second ago where it's like you were saying that just it was something you said about creativity and and how it's it's just it's every and I tell people all the time art is in literally everything you do. Like when I sit down and I talk to kids and they say, well, well, that's not art. This is not art. And I'm like, okay, what's your favorite shoe? They go, oh, the Jordan 4, da-da-da-da collab. Somebody had to sit down and draw that collab up, put it together. That's art. Yep. Uh, oh, I love the – oh, so the poster for that movie that you love, somebody drew that. Somebody – that's photography. That's Art is literally in everything. We're you surrounded can't escape by it. it. Yep. You're surrounded by it. Like, uh, whatever that uh, – that snicker bar you're eating. Somebody designed the route. It's, it's <laughs> everywhere. It's just, and it's like when you sit down and you break it down to people like that, and they're like, oh, dang, I guess you're right. It's, just, it, it, you, it's funny to see the wheels start turning when you really like take something like that and you break it down. And Because people don't think about it like that. But as artists, we can't help but shut it off. Like me being, I started in graphic design and I really studied animation heavy. So like I'm, I was born in 93. So I love Disney movies. Like I grew up when Disney movies were booming. I mean, we had Lion King, Goofy movie, all of those classics. And it's just like, it sucks because like, I can't even watch Pixar movies and stuff now. Like my, <laughs> one of my favorite Pixar movies is Up. And when Up released, I was in high school. So, and I was also taking some animation and graphic design classes. So we were, we would talk about how like, oh, the balloons that they did to make that house, it would technically be such and such thousands of balloons to do that in real life if they were going to try to do that or, I look at stuff and I'm like, oh, I wonder how many frames it took them to do that animation. Like, I'll watch stuff and I'll be talking to my friends and they'll be like, why are you staring at that, staring at it like that? And I'm like, you see that little <laughs> movement of him walking from over there? Somebody drew each one of those frames yep. to make that happen. So it's just like the little nuances of all the animation. Is that, that something you're, you're interested in doing? Animation still? I will, I will say growing up as a kid, I always said that I wanted to do animation for Disney at some point. So now that I'm officially away from the nine to five lifestyle and just kind of fully immersed in being an artist, I definitely see myself taking time to really brush up on just the basic animation skills to try to try to get into that lane. Cause I, I always said I wanted to animate on something for Disney Pixar. Like, like I said, that was my childhood. That's some of the earliest memories I have of trying to draw is just Disney characters. You can still see it in a lot of my work today. I love painting Disney characters. Like I painted, 50 million scenes from the Goofy movie. That's hands down my favorite Disney movie. So it's just like, <laughs> I definitely see myself trying to get into that in some capacity, whether it's, even if it's just something as simple as like, you know, color grading or helping do something like that. I, I see myself trying to be a part of something Disney Pixar related. It's interesting because I, there's a um, former professional soccer player that I just had on the podcast that we're doing some mm -hmm. other work with. And his, his goal is to draw Batman. Like that's, mm. and he's, he's, it's, it's happening. Like he's getting in those spaces. And so it's like that same thing. And I, I do wonder, cause I've often said this as athletes, I think one of the biggest things for athletes that are like, start going down this creative path, I am so freaking disciplined because of my athletic background. Like I, I yep. you know, I mean, do you feel like that? Like you have a goal. I I do not doubt in a million years that you're going to reach mm. it because like you are you don't athletes don't take no like they go they, yeah and it's the the path definitely isn't linear and I've accepted that because even my path as far as playing college football that wasn't linear like you know high school we won a state championship undefeated we went to state three years in a row we lost two won the last of my senior year I'm thinking like hey we won the state championship I'm good I don't need to play football anymore I'm I'm happy. Um, went to school. I was gonna. Uh, well, originally I was gonna go to App State and try to walk on, but this out of state tuition for a year would have been just too much. So I was like, you know, it's it's just not meant to be. I'm just gonna go to USC, be a student. Still ended up walking on and playing. So it was just even that path wasn't linear. Like my path to being a full time artist wasn't linear. I was. I had a lot of jobs between <laughs> when I left college and now. Like there was a time where I was working three jobs. Like I would. I was doing the overnight shift at Michael's so I could get the discount on my, my supplies. And then, <laughs> that's, that's then I was leaving smart. there and I was going, <laughs> yeah. And then I was leaving there. I would do the overnight shift at Michael's, get off at seven, 
sleep in my car for a couple hours, drive to Pineville. I was working at Sherwin Williams. So that's where also, I guess I'll give you this gem on your podcast. Most people don't realize paint can poppy is like a double meaning. Yep. Like I was, I've been working at Sherwin Williams for the past three and a half years, but obviously the spray can. So the paint yep. can poppy is like a whole dual <laughs> meaning, but yeah, I would do that. I would sleep in my car, drive, and then go do deliveries for Sherwin Williams, leave there and three nights out of the week, I would come to Charlotte and I was a uh, I was doing security at the epicenter. So and this was just to, you know, make ends meet until like I could get to a point where I could sustain my lifestyle off of just art. So it's just my 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 path has never been linear. So even with like like you said, um me trying to get to that point where I do get to do some like Disney animation, it, it won't be linear, but I'm sure I'll get there at some point because anything I set out do I typically end up there. Dude, no, but like you're you're saying some things that like I, I totally gravitate towards and I, you know, the path is always, I think like really interesting too. Like I, I'm the same way. Like I, I, I've said this before in the podcast, I could have been drafted to play baseball out of high school. Parents wanted me mm. to go to school. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, like in school, I went to Ohio state. Yeah. I got red shirted just an awful experience. I, unfortunately I hit a baseball off of somebody's eye and broke it, like blew up his eye socket. And like, I tell students this today, it's like athletics in college is so different now. Like I didn't have one coach say one mm -hmm. thing to me after that. It was just like, I had to live with it. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. you're talking about mental health issues, you know? So then I, yeah. I quit school like mm. a year and a half into it because I was just failing in school, blah, blah. And, and I was working three jobs. I was digging ditches for houses, like, you know, like moving concrete. I was working in a record store and working in a library all at the same time. And then it randomly, like my mom, you know, it's like a weird thing, like for parents to like tell your kids to go like eight years later, like I started singing in rock bands too. Like I was still doing yeah. creative things. And my mom goes, why don't you go back to school for art? And it's like one of those weird things. Like, I never even thought about it. Never even thought about it. And it's just, it, it's weird to think because, it, and I say this sometimes and it sounds stupid, but it's like, it's almost like I didn't know I could go to school for art, you know? And that sounds yeah. stupid, but you, you said it earlier. It's like that idea of like trying to be an artist and a student athlete is so hard because it, they just yeah. don't ma match up together. But yet it's like it's, maybe the best thing crazy. a student athlete could do. Man. It, and it's and it's like and there's a stigma around art students too that most people look at or art degrees and just like oh you know you 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 had an art degree that's not a real degree and I just laugh because in high school I was an honor student I tell people all the time it's like I could have easily just stopped doing art and just said I'm just gonna go dive into a book and go be a engineer I started in engineering in high school I just didn't like math enough to continue with it like I don't I'm not the guy that I don't show my work. I, like even to this day, like I can just eye measurements, but you can't get away with that. I was like, so I was just like, I'm gonna just leave that alone. But I tell people all the time, it's like, I can stop doing art and just go live in a book and be any other thing. Like I have, I, I have that ability. You can't put down your book and come do what I do. Nope. And then to take it a step further, my senior year at USC, that, that my official senior year, not my like, uh, my extra year, um, I was taking three studio art courses and from most people don't realize those classes are usually two hours and 45 minutes to three hours long. And so I had three studio classes an art history class. And then I was taking one more academic class. And that was the semester I told you I finished with a 4.0. You were sleeping about an hour like, a night. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and mind you, that's still with doing workouts and I was working at our school gym. So it was like, I was doing classes all day. I would go to practice and then I would get off and I would go to the gym and work for four hours just to get some, you know, just have some extra money. And it's just, it got to the point where like, luckily I was such a good student that, and had a good enough rapport with a lot of my professors. Like my woodshop teacher, um, my senior year, I thank him to this day, just because like he allowed me, he, he literally told me, he was like, listen, I know you're playing football. I know our classes typically, it was during spring practice. He's like, I know our classes when you guys practice. Here's the rubric. As long as you're here on critique day and you come in and get the work done, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dock you for not being here. Yep. He's like, I I've seen you do your work. He's like, I trust you enough to. And just him giving me that leeway to be able to go to practice and then like if I needed to come in into the shop late night and do whatever I needed to do, stuff like that helped me so much with that journey because you you know how strict it is with athletics in college. Like you can't miss anything, and it's just like even if it is for school, like they still are pretty strict about it so like 
to pull off well, what then I you pulled have, off like, that last You do year, have you professors, know. professors that go the other way that hate athletics. That hate athletes. Yeah. And I, like, I have told this story on the podcast before. I was, me and a football player from Ohio State were trying to add a class. And we mm-hmm. were sitting in there. And the, the professor, she was reading off the roll. And she reads a one of the basketball players that's in the class. And they had a game that night. Mm-hmm. And you could just see her and she like, you could see her brow like, and she goes like that, and, you know, and me and the football player literally looked at each other and we just stood up and walked out. It's like, like, yeah, like, it's, like, it's not going to happen. That's one of those like unsung hurdles or obstacles that a lot of people don't realize athletes have to do. And it's like, you can't, it sucks, but you almost can't fault some professors because they probably had to deal with the athlete that just came to class and went to sleep or, or just shit students to them. And it, and it ruins it for everybody else. And then, so now not only are you battling the idea of trying to uh, get your work done while still upholding your athletic uh, obligations, but you're also battling this, this op school with your teacher where it's like, I'm trying to show you that I'm here to be a good student and I'm not just trying to bullshit through your class and I need you to work with me so we can both get what we need. And this, that's one of those like things that a lot of people don't talk about that some athletes unfortunately have to deal with. And it's like some athlete five years ago gave this teacher a really bad taste in her mouth. So now me sitting here trying to yep. take your course and, and be a, a, a good student, I got to deal with the, uh, the, 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 the backlash of what that, that's, that athlete did. And it's just, it's, it's nice when you finally break through and they see that, hey, like this kid isn't trying to be a dick or just, yep. uh, or anything like that. Like he, he actually wants to be here and it's just like, but I've definitely seen the other side of it where it's just like enough athletes have ruined the teacher's perception of athletes in their class. And it's just, it's just a hard line and you just kind of have to deal with it the best you can. It's, yep. Have you, I mean, speaking of, speaking of teaching, like, you know, like you're obviously you're coaching, which mm-hmm. is, there's a similarity to that, that, you know, that the teaching aspect, is it something that you would ever be interested in doing? So I taught for a year when I first moved back up here. I started out, I was just doing substituting, and then they brought me on as a permanent sub. I was at my old high school. Nice. Um, and it worked It worked out. A lot of the teachers that were there when I was there were still there. So when I started subbing, it was just easy for them to just get my number and be like, hey, these are the days I'm not going to be here. Do you want any of them? And then I was just there so much that they just brought me on as a permanent sub. So I was doing a lot of uh, – I was doing art. I was doing history. I was doing English and then I would do PE from time to time, but art history. So art history and English were my big three because those are the subjects I love the most. And um, I will say before I got the permanent sub gig at the high school, I was doing a lot of stuff with elementary school kids. And even in college when I was doing my uh, art education cognate, I was working with um, four-year-olds. So it's like, I've, I've noticed that kid. I don't know what it is. Kids love me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but you have a, good, you have a big personality, me. man. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's like where people are like, yo, I don't get how you get them to respond like this. And it's like, I'm not doing anything special. I just kind of show up. Um, it's funny. People have been trying to get me to like, just go ahead and get my certification and be a teacher. But I'm just like, to be a teacher, you have to have that burning desire to want to do that every day. And I know that at least not right now, that's not where my heart is. And I never want to be that teacher that that's just there for a check. Yep. So it's like, that's why I love coaching so much. Like they get me for a few hours out of the day. I can insert little gems on them. If they have questions about other stuff outside of the sport we're doing, they have my number. They can reach out. Um, I, if any of my teacher friends that if they have kids that are into art, you know, I give them my contact info. I'm never afraid to like talk to kids about art and stuff like that. It's something I could definitely see myself getting back into maybe in the future in some capacity. But um, even though I'm not in the school system directly, um, I'm not too far away. So like, so the kids who need me, they can find me. Yeah. Exactly, they they can find me if they need me. And it's just the other thing too is just like the curriculum. Like that, I think that's probably one of the other biggest things. Is like the curriculum that they force you to teach as far as art goes is like that might not be what it's this kid wants to do. Yep. Exactly, like that. Yeah, I get why he needs to learn this, but if that's not what he likes to do or the style of art, what is he really getting from that other than, Oh, I'm following this rubric so I can get my grade. And I just don't, I don't want to nope. do that to a kid. Cause I knew what that felt like being in art classes. Like when I got to college and it's like, 
this isn't the style of art that I do. None, none of this is helping me further the type of art that I do, but I'm going to follow this rubric because I can't afford to fail this class. So it's like, you would, you would teach that, exactly that the way that I teach because I'm all about individual. Like, so very abstract, yeah, if you will, I, like I, I, I'll give them prompts and assignments, but I want them to respond to it in the way, like, for instance, if, if you're interested in fashion, how do you respond to this question? I'm asking if you're interested in painting, how do you respond to the same question? And the cool part is everybody's starting at the same place. And then the inv individual comes out like, that's what art is. Like, it's not, like, yeah. it's not this, like, you know, using that word linear. That it's not talking. linear. No, it's not linear. And so it's I just, not linear it, at all. it's, it's one of those things that I, it's, I think, <sighs> academia is still stuck in something and I don't know why, like if like the world's passing as, as, mm. as academia is just kind of sitting here and I understand yeah. to some extent, but like art is not math. Art is not science. Exactly. Like, we, like it has to be more explosive and, and, and allow that, that thing of the individual to come out. It's, cr you know, yeah, exactly. it's just always like been weird to me. There's no one way to do art and there's so many different subsets of art. So why are we forcing kids to follow a standard for a grade? Yep. That's that's kind of how I've always looked at it. Let them explore. Yep. The, like introduce them to new things, new new tech. Why you can still teach the other stuff. Like interpret this classic painting in how you would do it Absolutely. and let them explore it in that fashion versus saying oh, you have to oil paint it like this and do this and do that. Yeah, there's basic fundamentals that you need as an artist or whatever the case may be. But like outside of that, it's just like, yo, just let the kids explore. And that's where you're going to that's where you're going to get the best work. When you put all these different parameters and limitations on what they do and force them to do one thing, it's not going to be the best work compared to when you say, hey, here's an like you said, a prompt or an idea. Show me how you would do it. And yeah. see what they come back with. You're going to get the best work every time. And you for, like when you're doing these things, it forces people to not like art. You know, yeah. And it's like I want pe more people to gravitate towards it. You know, because I think it's beneficial to all of us when everybody, if everybody yeah. did something physical and something creative every day, I think we'd be a better race of humans. Oh, for sure, for <laughs> I mean, sure. You know, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's it's just funny that like when you really think about it, it's just. Just we 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 try to force so many things to fit inside of like molds that don't have to be there. Yeah. They they really don't like. But you know, I feel like we're 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 trending in the right direction. I feel like more people are becoming or starting to open up and branch out from what we've known for so long to be the standard and understanding that that doesn't have to be the case. And it's 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 like I see it every day with some of the kids that that show me their art and just it's like man I. I tell people all the time, it's like, oh my God, this person, they'll be like, I have this kid, he he does this. And I, they show me, or I'm like, he's a million steps ahead of where I was at that age because okay. people are allowing him to just explore his creativity. Okay, he might be on color pencils today, but bring him to me and I put a spray can in his hand <laughs> and that just opens his mind up to something else. And it's just like, just seeing that and just, just expansion leads to exposure. So the more that we keep introducing them to the different mediums and the different things that they can do within art is going to be amazing. This next generation, like, like I'm 29, this generation that's coming behind me, they're going to, they're going to break shit up. I mean, they, they're doing some amazing stuff out here. Like it's, it's I'm excited it, to see where it goes. It, it's wild also just because of technology. Like I'm, I am also interested in like my, my Chris, my business partner and I've talked about AI because I, mm -hmm. and I don't know how I feel like, I think that there's, obviously there's pros and cons yes there's definitely but pros it's and like cons. some of this stuff is like wild where you all you have to do is like type in make an abstract type painting base and it's just like yeah, and it's just like is that gonna kill or it's not gonna kill creativity but it is in some ways it like it it removes us from the equation which is weird to me and it's funny because like i've dabbled with it um i had my little brother he was asking me about it around christmas and how i felt about it I told him there's pros and cons. You got people who are going to take it and they're just going to type in a prompt and they're going to say, oh, I made this piece. But then you have artists who who are going to go in because for a lot of artists that I've talked to, the biggest struggle for them is I can see it here, but taking it from here and putting it on the canvas is the difficult part. So them being able to take these ideas they have in their head, plug it into the AI, 
get some generalization of a reference and then taking that reference and going and rendering it and actually turning it in, that's beautiful. Yep. Versus like, oh, there's this record company and this is like, oh, we got this artist, we need an album cover instead of going to hire somebody to do it. Let's just type in yep. pink clouds and <laughs> dark lighting on whatever the, the, uh, the generator is. And oh, we're just gonna take this and that's the album art. And you cut out that, that, that element of having somebody come in and design it. So there's definitely pros and cons. It, it, it just all depends on how you choose to use it. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's just like they say, um, the bullshit will weed itself out. So you, you, you can't escape it. Art is like real artists are always going to prevail oh, no matter what. So absolutely. What do you like, what do you see yourself or where do you want to see yourself like in five, 10 years? I always ask this question cause I'm always interested mm. in like trajectory because it just feels like you're on this path, you know, like a really cool path. Man, it's, uh, it, I feel like it's constantly changing. I know one constant thing that I've always said, even when I was the three jobs, like when I was just finishing school and trying to really get into it, I see myself owning some type of like gallery studio space, just like, and I wanted to get to a point where it's like, okay, I can, now, I don't even want to say rival other big galleries and stuff like that, because I don't care about that. Just have a space where people can show their stuff and their stuff can exist. And it still will be um, considered high end or however, whatever words you want to use there. So that's definitely something I see. I, I, I've always said I wanted to do. Um, and I guess, I mean, now that I'm really into this mural space, because this is really, I, this is only my second year really doing murals. I, my first mural was the uh, Black Lives Matter mural in 2020. So just, I, that just was that big, continuing to grow that. That was that big show. Sorry? That was that big show that was, um, Percy was in that and Michaela was in that too, wasn't she? Was no, that, the, that was the one where we did the, the, the big mural along the street, the street in the middle of the city. Right. Yeah. Well, but, Michaela was there. That was my first time actually meeting her. She was there shooting some photography. And Percy had something. What, was that the one where they, the uh, Statue of Liberty piece was in? Was that? No, nah, I think that was a different show. Okay. I think that okay. was something different. But okay. um, I definitely see just, I want to start going more international with it and stuff like that. Just going bigger with the murals and just tacking on, trying to tackle bigger projects in that aspect. Just. Is is like we said, none of it's linear. That's why it's, it's constantly changing. Like I get introduced to new things daily and it's like, ooh, that would be cool to explore. <laughs> um the Disney animation, the Disney Pixar, that's that's not changing. I'ma find my way into that somehow, some way. So don't be surprised if you see my name <laughs> in the credits on something in about five, yeah. six years. But um yeah, those are like the, the, the two the two main ones is just opening up spaces where people can can have their stuff and exist and then just continuing to grow with I think the murals because that's that's super fun again what i think is cool about that answer is you're not just thinking about yourself like opening up a space to have other people involved in it. like there's that community aspect about what you're talking mm -hmm. about where you're inspiring the next generation or just i mean even generations that are older than you like you're showing you know like i always say this is a weird reference, but I always say, you know, for me, LeBron is the goat because I'm from Ohio. So, oh, you know, for sure. But now I'm with you. But he, and even you can say this about Kobe too. Like both those guys, and and the unfortunate part about Kobe, you know, passing away so early. Both mm. those, like LeBron, is going to be more impactful after he's done playing than oh, he is sure. when he's playing because, like, you know, he's doing creative things. He's got that school in in oh and akron like he's doing this <laughs> exactly. like look but, at the impact he has now right <laughs> like and while like, he's still playing it's crazy but like what you're talking about is that same kind of influence of you know it's on a maybe a smaller level but maybe it's more impactful because it's like more community-based mm. and you're there like you're part of that thing and i you know like again i think that's so important to to like show people that's why i always think you know talking you know like to you as an athlete and having this creative sense, like showing and talking to your track kids, like this, you don't have to just be this, like you can be anything. Yeah. Like don't let that, that athlete thing define you because I mean, that's the other part about being an athlete. I mean, I still work out every day, but nobody knows that I'm an athlete Same. and it's like, it's 
like that that athletic career, even if you make it to the highest level, is so quick. Like look at Tom Brady, you know, just retired, forty six. He's yeah. still got another life. Shannon win. Sharp always says it best. You're going to be an old man longer than you're going to be an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that's the truest. That's the that's the truest statement ever. Regardless of if you your time Brady, you stop playing when you're forty six. If you don't play another down of football or whatever your sport may be when you finish college, you're going to be a non-athlete longer than you were an athlete in your life. If, you, if you're lucky, you live long enough to, you know, have a fruitful life after playing sports. And it's just um, that's 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 why I always try to tell like my kids and stuff, just like, you know, have something else that you, you're passionate about, because one day this this thing, no matter how good you are, is going to end. Yep. And you're going to have to branch off and do something else. So why not make it something that you actually care and are passionate about? And see, that that's to, what's, again, cool to me about you is like, it felt like you always knew that you were, oh, sure. I, I had, I had like a difficult time. Like when I quit base, like, that's what I was. I was, a, I was an mm-hmm. athlete, you know, I, I mean, baseball, basketball, football growing up. And then when I finally quit baseball, I was like, oh shit, now, you know, what, who the hell am I? And it was hard. Like, and I know I talked to a lot of people on the podcast, that same kind of thing, you know, especially guys that make it to the pros and they don't have that thing to fall back. And then, then they're just kind of like, who am I? And I, I guess that's hard. Yeah, for, for me, it was always like, cause like I said, my linear to even playing football in college, it wasn't playing. Like I was there to just be a student and ended up playing football. Like I was, I, they, they almost had me on the cheerleading team at one point. Like dude saw me in the crowd. He saw me in the crowd at the game. And like, I was fresh out of high school. I had just finished like powerlifting. So at that point I was really like big cause I was competing and doing that. And he saw me sitting at the game just before the game started. Nobody was really in the stands and I just got there early. And he came up to me and was like, Hey, you ever thought about cheerleading? I'm like, not really. And he's like, you want to try it? And I'm just like, what do I have to do? And he was like, just throw him up in the air, catch him, or whatever. I was like, I was like, All right. I mean, that sounds cool. And he's like, you just come to practice on Monday. So I did that with them for a few months, and I was like, this is cool, but it ain't my thing. If I'm gonna do it, I need to be on that side of the yeah. field. So then, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's crazy, like how all over the place this stuff can be, and it's, I don't know, this yep. life's a blast. Like, we keep man. going back to it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like we keep going back to it. None of it, none of it's linear. Like I, even like with playing sports, just I always knew I had art. I didn't know what I would do with art. I just knew I was going to be doing art in some capacity. So like when football was dwindling down in college, obviously you know we we were doing pro day and all that stuff. And there was an article in my hometown wrote about me, and they were just like they were like football is playing B because I was very realistic. By the time I was finishing up at USC, we weren't even using a fullback anymore. So it's like. I have little to no film and it's like, obviously I'm super strong. Like I can, I'm going to smash any of the little tests. Like I think I did like 30 reps on the bench yeah. press at the, the <laughs> pro day and all. I can catch the ball and do all this stuff. But like, if you don't have any film, let's be real. Like yeah. you may get a, a, a shot at somebody's preseason camp, maybe practice squad chance or something like that. But I knew like my chances of going to the pros were very slim. So it's like, but if I can make it cool, if not, cool, because I know I got art. I'm going to try to find a way to yep. make that work for me. So yep. it was always cool to kind of have that, like, know I had that backup plan. Yep. Well, dude, I, again, man, like, I'm super glad, like, we got connected. And, and you know, again, I'm interested in, in doing different things with you down the future mm-hmm. and, and all these things. The other thing, I always mention this at the end, but, you know, we we bought land out in Montana a couple of years ago mm-hmm. with the idea to do a, an artist athlete residency. And I think you'd oh, be like nice. super, like there's nothing on it right now. It's just land, but you know, eventually yeah. we'll build it out. And like, I think you'd be like a perfect person to come out there to do. Man, let me know. I, I tell people all the time, like I wish if I could find a way to just go like lock myself in a cabin or somewhere for, right here, I don't dude. even need that long. Give me, give me like two, three weeks to, to just create yep. the stuff I come out with. It's going to be insane. Yep. Well, so. I, I, I drive out West all the time just cause I, my mm-hmm. artwork is like inspired by landscape and vastness and all this stuff. Yeah. So, but I've also been come, become like addicted to photographing wildlife, like at Yellowstone, like particularly wolves. Like it's just insane to me. And I went out there, That's over, crazy, uh, dude, it's all, I'll send you a couple of images. I, I went out there over Thanksgiving and I was just there for two days, but I met this 
award-winning documentary filmmaker and he owns mm. a um like a duplex outside of yellowstone and he was like you know it's it's for artists so if you're ever interested i could probably hook you up to like mm. rent it and it's cheap as shit so man um, yeah send me the info because i do this whole thing um because i'm not sure how long you've been following me but since probably about july every wednesday i do wolf shirt wednesday so like wolf shirt wednesday? i wear a different i wear a different wolf shirt every <laughs> wednesday well i'll repeat some of them but i have enough to wear a different right different one every wednesday and now it gets to the point that it's become a thing where people like for Christmas, somebody gifted me like three new ones. So I keep acquiring new ones. And it's I'll, just like, it's like this ongoing thing. I'll so, send you one of my pictures, man. Cause I'm just, it's, I over Thanksgiving when I was out there, I, I and watched two separate wolf packs. So there was a time in a couple of the images or m- moments, I was like looking mm-hmm. at 12 wolves at the same time. And it was just like, whoa, this is insane. Yeah. And they're yeah, all yeah, howling. No, they're all howling. It was crazy. <laughs> So, yeah, send that to me. I need uh, to see that. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> but, but yeah, dude. Like, I, I let's let's absolutely stay in touch. Um, because we're For not sure. that we're not that far from each other. And you know, as I said, we we um we work on doing exhibitions along with um obviously the podcast. We have some films mm-hmm. coming out. Um, we have product. Obviously, I don't know if Percy told you we did a club. yeah. You told me about the toys yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's super fit. And it's cool because Chris, you know, Chris started two toy companies and has sold both of them, but he still works with the one. So we have international mm-hmm. distribution and warehousing and, and all this stuff. And it's like to have it all in house and the, the ability to get it out wherever is, yeah, is, that's amazing. it's kind of, you know, best place or best case scenario for us. So, but, um, and I'll, uh, like I said, Oh, the last thing I always need to know is like, what kind of music do you like? Cause I either write music or if you have any musician friends that want to donate a song to Man. the episode. Uh, What's that? I mean, I'm in here with a couple of my studio mates and they laugh because like anytime I'm in here listening to music, it's a lot of R&B. So okay. it's, I'll find a probably some Chris Brown. Probably, okay, probably I can't use Brown. I can't. I'll have to write. Something oh, you can't. In use, that, yeah, I'll, I'll have to write what? something that style. I listen to a lot of jazz. Okay. So if you, if you like like yeah. contemporary jazz, if you want to throw something like that in there or yeah. either like just like lo-fi instrumental stuff yep. like that, that's kind of the bag that I created. Okay. I'll try to, I'll try to like come up with, I, I just usually sit down and write some stuff on GarageBand and. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh yeah. So if you, if you yeah. listen, I love, I love the saxophone and I love piano. So if cool. you, you throw some saxophone in there, man, that's, that's it. Sweet. And I'll, um, I'll send you some, um, this will be out in a couple of weeks. Like I said, we're heading out Super Bowl. Um, actually, okay. doing doing some uh, live, well, not live, but interview slash podcast. It'll be released as well. I'm hopefully, going to meet nice. some um, some really cool people out there, and um, it should be a blast. So yeah, uh, but I'll send you like some uh, video and and images for social media and stuff. And like I said, man, like cool, I just cool. look forward to staying in touch because. Yeah, man, I'm glad we got to do this because uh, we, uh, we crossed paths last year, but yep. we didn't get to work. So to finally that come full circle and actually yep. get on the podcast, super yeah, dope. Man. No, no, dude. And it's like I said, like, I love your work and it's it, it'll be a blast to like just continue this conversation and do some stuff here. And like we're showing Michaela's stuff out at, at a pop-up show in Phoenix and just want to get you involved. Oh, like, nice. we've, we've been working with the NFLPA the last three years they have a an event called smocks and jocks that thing that you were mm-hmm. and so like we're already talking about next year in vegas so definitely want to like keep yeah, let me know let me know i've so. never been there so, so. <laughs> if you need smart work okay. hey we can it's make a, it happen it's a weird ass space out there in vegas i'm telling you <laughs> so, um all right brother well have a great day and like i said we'll, we'll hey, you have a good one cool man all right all right man Later. thank you for having me on yeah, man. have a good one I'm telling you, this guy is just the best. Uh, such a great vibe. Love how he is really fully absorbed by his creative practice and really what he's doing in the community. I was actually thinking while we were doing the podcast how cool it would be to have him as a coach because he really gets it. He understands the benefit of creative and physical practices. Just truly an epic human. Uh, please, again, make sure to follow him on Instagram at 2GZANDCOUNTIN. And again, if you're in the Charlotte area, make sure to go check out some of his incredible murals. Make sure to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. 
And just a reminder, we just launched our seasonal subscription boxes. So stop by artistathletebox.com or theabstractathlete.com and start your subscription today. Also, check out our Percy King Collaborative Stacked Puzzle Art Kits. You can check them out on our website, theabstractathlete.com or beginagaintoys.com. Thank you for listening to the abstract athlete podcast we will see you next week and as always do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind stay well out there